Welcome to episode four of the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, and I am joined once again by my esteemed colleagues, Peter and Johnny. Guys, we're hoping that we're going to let the trumpets blow today. That was going to be a Bears victory Monday, and unfortunately, it's more of the same. The laser show is officially canceled, and I, I don't know much more to say, but what I said last week, and that's uh, blow it all up. Uh, I'm I'm over everything here. Um, we we pretty much have just shown that when we only get six points on offense against the Minnesota Vikings, who have one of the bottom tier defenses in the league, that Nick one Nick Foles is not the answer. Two Matt Nagy's not the answer, and it's just time to start all over. I got I I really just can't take watching this team anymore. Yeah, I mean, it is tough to watch. It's been the same. I mean, it's like a broken record. It's like Groundhog's Day, you know. Every every week, every game, it's the same thing. The defense tries their damnedest, and they're just hung out the dry by the offense. And at this point, I mean, I mean, Foles is pretty bad. But, I mean, I don't think anybody could do anything. The, the offensive line is so bad that at this point, yeah, I mean, you could say blow it all up, but we we still got a ways to go in this season, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding here for a while. Um, There's gonna be a bad, painful seven weeks left uh, of the season. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, and there, there was a there was a lot of talk about Minnesota offensive line getting pressure on Foles, and you know what? One Minnesota's offensive line is nothing to brag about. They are in the bottom of the league in quarterback pressures in quarterback. You know, in sacks and hurries, they're 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 not a good, you know, defensive rushing team against the quarterback. It's you know, so you take that Bears mangled offensive line, they're just a bunch of ragtag, you know, bums and you know, practice squad guys, and you know, they made the offensive line look good. They're the Minnesota's pass rush look good, and the fact that Nick Foles, you know, is a fucking sludge in the pocket and even when he sees the pressure coming from the ends, he can't even step up or run to the outside. It's, it's, it's downright embarrassing and frustrating to watch him just get sandwiched in between, in in between the pocket every time he drops back to pass. Yeah. It's tough because I mean, they were in it all game long where it's third and long, you know, third and five, third and six, third and seven. And you know, Minnesota's blitzing and nobody did anything about it the offensive line didn't do anything about it the i mean bill laser for all the uh, of like he getting his getting the plane call they made no adjustments whatsoever you know they're blitzing and they just couldn't get out of their own way and like you said when you know they're gonna be blitzing and nick Foles has i mean cement for shoes where i I literally I, i was gonna tweet this out and i'm not kidding i have one bad knee I'm overweight, and I legitimately think I'm faster than Nick Foles. Like, if if I were, I want to challenge him to like a hundred yard or a forty yard dash. I think I could beat him. It's that like he's that slow. I mean, and obviously now he's dead. So now I'm for sure faster than him. And and like you know, like like I like I just tweeted out in the last minute of the game there. I I feel like that was our old Yeller moment with Nick Foles getting injured. I mean, just put him out of his misery. I mean, I I you know. You never want to see a guy get hurt, but at that point, like Jesus Christ, like 
you need something to the end the misery here. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm honestly like, you know, like I pretty much called it the timeline, the beginning of the season when he, he got swapped for Mitch, you know, like Nick Foles has a five or six game, you know, lifespan before uh, he gets hurt. And here we are week 10. So he, uh, you know, he had his six games and uh, there we go. Now we're on to maybe Mitchell Trubisky part two or it's, it's uh, Tyler Bray time. I mean, the bye week couldn't have come at a better time for everyone. The offensive line, the the quarterback room where now everybody's banged up, and the fans. Like, I, I'm very excited to have a week off of Bears football. I, I honestly, I honestly, I, I, I'm just looking at the Bears schedule right now. I just don't see them winning any other games after this. I don't. I mean, this offensive. I mean, this offense just. Week over week, and I, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Fult, what's going to happen with Foles. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got this bye week. I just don't see him winning any other game. I mean, this offensive line is terrible, and we're injured. I mean, it just, I, I mean, it, it's it's very hard to see this team, and this defense is going to complete waste. I mean, you know, I, I said this before. I mean, and they're not going to do it. I mean, we're just stuck with this, with the way this is. But they should blow up this team. I mean, this, I mean, you're, you're wasting, you're wasting, I mean, other than like, I mean, you, I don't know if you keep like your, you know, Rokon Smith and anybody else to try to build up you, but I mean, what, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Hakeem Hicks. I mean, he got a hamstring, but I don't know if it's going to be long-term. Um, I just don't see him winning another game this whole season. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I, I don't see them winning another game. The, the Bears are, you know, good enough not to get Trevor Lawrence in bad enough not to contend and retool in the off season. Yeah. We're in, we're in NFL purgatory where yep. it's, it's a lot of treading water. Yep. It's in with, like I was saying, pace hung his hat on Mitch set this franchise back five to seven years. So now, you know, you get rid of Mitch, you get rid of Foles next season. Maybe you run out Tyler Bray, you know, next season, or you bring in another free agent who knows that, you know, maybe, maybe the bears get, uh, get a handful of wins and get, you know, top three pick in 2022. But uh, I don't know. It's, you know, we, we talked, everyone was hyping up the, the Bill Lazor era beginning here. You know, we finally got the, the play calling out of Nagy's hands, but, you know, you look at, you look at the first, you know, two possessions and half of their plays were screen passes. And I can't even count how many screen passes they did tonight. I mean, w- you look at this this offense under Bill Lazor now, and, and you know, besides having shitty personnel, what what's really changed? And nothing. Yeah, it was basically more the same. And I mean, obviously, that third quarter, besides the quarter quarter Patterson run back, was another offensive just shit show for negative two yards in a whole in the whole quarter. It's just more of the same. You know, it th- nothing changes where it's Groundhog Day every every time. I've said it before, but like every week is the same. Every week is the same. And, you know, we were hoping to give Bill Lazor some, you know, some some credit here. And if I will say the the one uh, bright spot that I saw in his offense compared to Matt Nagy calling plays is and maybe it was, you know, game scripting the first 15 in the, or the first quarter. But I definitely see saw that the Bears were more up-tempo in the beginning yeah. of the game. When they got into a rhythm, and it wasn't a lot, it, but it was 
a couple of drives in the in the late in the first and and in the, into the second quarter they got into a little bit of a rhythm where they were where they were getting a couple first downs and it did look like they were a little bit more up tempo they weren't switching out personnel as much and stuff like that so i will give them credit for a little while yes and then, and then, and then the other thing part. the other thing i mean we got to give credit to roquan roquan has been playing lights out for about a month guy tackle platter for the night and i mean it's I mean, he's he's trying to do it all by himself. I mean, the defense as a whole, but Roquan specifically has been awesome. And then again, I'm gonna keep saying it all these podcasts. Cairo Santos, who <laughs> would have Cairo thought it shows up in 2020? The the least pressuring pressing Bears issue is the kicker. Pay that man his money. Yeah, I mean, at this point. If we only could have had him in 2018, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I have him in 2018. I can't believe our kickers like our MVP of the whole. Hey, state. If I'm wrong, guys, when was Santos first in the Bears? Was it 18 or 19? It was he had a brief stint for like two games, and then they cut him because of an injury. Yeah, I think it was after Parky though. Okay, so it was 19 then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know that is Parky still on the league. Yeah, he's on. He's a kicker for Cleveland. Oh my gosh! And he doinked one already too. Yeah. Well, the Bear, the Browns are gonna feel what the Bears had to deal with. So. Now, if let's see if the Browns even make the playoffs, but that's, you know, they got a better. They got a better record than the Bears. That's true, but and I didn't really want to, you know, give any bulletin bulletin board material to the Vikings of giving Kirk Cousins his first Monday night win in his career, like. God damn! Like you, you go zero for nine, and you figure you're gonna get a, you know, nice little zero for ten there, and you know it has pretty much made him look like fucking Lamar Miller from last year. Yeah, and I mean they battled up Dalvin Cook for the most part the rest of the game. Thielen kind of balled out for a little while. He had two touchdowns. He was at like the that. house. You know, but nothing about the Vikings stood out. You know, it was more just the Bears couldn't get out of their own way. It's crazy to think that like we started out five and one. They started out one and five. And I'd rather be the Vikings right now than the Bears by a mile. It's not even close. It's crazy. At this point, I'd rather be the Lions. Yeah. You know. But even, I, but even at, at that point when they were like five and one, they, I mean, this is. I mean, this was still not a good team. No. I, I mean, there's. I mean, regardless of where, however we started, I mean. We, we, everybody we kept on I mean not everybody I mean, I'm just speaking for myself here but like I mean, and th- this is just not a good team and I I'll play up hopes or, or anything like that I mean I'll, at this point we're it's just like how you said we're stuck in purgatory draft right now we're we're not gonna get any like at this point just get an offensive line I gotta get a good quarterback because there's not really good quarterbacks coming out of there other than Lawrence you don't even know that he's even gonna come um, into the draft as well too, because I keep on hearing that he doesn't want to even go to the Jets. The Jets getting up. Are, are we going to see an Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, you know, redone here? Yeah, I, I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen? Because you know, some of these kids are are, are going to want to stay put because this COVID thing's going, you know, still going on. But I mean, I don't know. There's no other like saving point that's going to help us come next next year. We still are going to have the same problems. We're gonna still have the same coach because the McCaskies are not gonna fire 
um, both Paige and, and Nagy. It's just going to be a reoccurring, like how Peter said, a, a groundhog day. It's going to be the same shit next year. It's not going to change. Nope, it is not. And, you know, guys, I kind of I kind of have to apologize. You know, over the weekend, I uh, I tweeted out some uh, quarterback sitting starts and boy, were my starts way off this week. I mean, hey, I, I will say I nailed a Russ, Russ Wilson sit, but everything else on that, man, I had I had sit Kirk Cousins, and he lit up the Bears, and I can't say much more than that. that... Boo. Boo to you, then. Boo to me. Everybody, yeah. everybody makes mistakes, Jason. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, got to say that. But once again, you know, the defense – Special teams bailed out the Bears, put up more points than they did, and stop me if you heard that one before. I mean, it's typical Bears defense, you know, putting up putting up more points in the offense sometimes. So, uh, well, here we go, guys. Tyler Bray. It's Tyler Bray era, potentially, if uh, Mitchell Schiller doesn't heal in time because that looked pretty pretty brutal hit for for Foles. He looked like he landed on yeah. his shoulder collarbone. That's not going to be a – by week heel right there if it no yeah, Foles injury history. Look, it didn't look good. My guess is or at least what I'm hoping for is Mitch comes back just to just to give us some sort of mobility with your legs, you know, because we we realistically we don't know what Tyler Bray is. He's been a third string quarterback forever. You know? And at this point at least let Mitch go in there and let him run for some yards and give us some sort of enthusiasm i'm not saying he's gonna ball out and i'm not saying he's gonna win games but as long as long as you can run for a couple first downs at least makes the game watchable you know yeah and i you know i just want to uh give some feedback here you know we had uh we got some input from some of our followers you know uh chris on twitter is saying you know how much the bears missed Tariq cohen on punt returns you know and how much he wants uh mitch trubisky back yeah, he was ready. He was done with Foles after like the second week of him being in there. He he's never been on the uh, Nick Foles bandwagon, and 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 he's been right about it. You know, he hasn't been productive. Yeah, three three Cohen to you know was definitely you know a good catalyst in that that punt return team. You know, I mean, yeah. kind of missed that. You 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 know, Cordell. I think we lost Jason. Uh oh. All right. So now that uh, Jason's out of the picture, it's going to be 40 minutes of golf talk. You ready, Johnny? Left in the Bears yeah. talk, anyways. You know, another dreadful, dreadful Jason. performance going into Jason. the bye week. Yeah. Jason, we lost you for about 30 seconds there. Oh, sorry, my friend. But, uh, no, it's all right. We'll just keep – we'll continue. I was about to move on to golf talk because I thought you had dropped off the call. But, but. Well, before we uh, before we, we get into uh, Masters recap and, and your picks here, I got some uh, – I got some baseball to talk about. With We got we had a pretty uh, exciting baseball weekend for, you know, for the Sox, for Sox fans. And, you know, uh, and before we get to the Sox, I just want to – get your guys takes you know i know we're uh typical south side bums here but there was uh i don't know if you guys caught wind of this 
um, over the weekend, tweet by Buster only was saying that pretty much everyone on the Cubs roster is available, even Javi Baez. And it looks like, you know, with Theo leaving that, uh, you know, the Cubs are ready to blow this thing up and start all over again. You know, you, you're probably not going to be, they're not going to be able to resign a lot of their, a lot of their guys, you know, with the, with their payroll expectations. But, you know, is this, you guys think this is uh end of the, the Cubs run here? Is their window done or? I don't think, I, I know Buster tweeted that and they're, they're, I mean, Cubs fans were panicking about them blowing up the team and stuff like that. I don't think a full blow up is necessary. I do think they need to retool and rearrange some of their, uh, obviously their salary cap, but just their starters and um, some players. I, I I don't think trading Baez is the right move. I still think you could win with Baez and Rizzo. I think trying to move Chris Bryant would be the move for them. It's just a matter of who would want him and who would want his contract. I I agree. I think, I, I mean, I've said this like even last year, I, I think they should have moved Bryant. Um, when they had the chance. Last year. Yeah. When they had the chance. Um, Baez is somebody you could, I love Baez. I mean, I, I, I talked to a lot of like my Cubs uh, friends, family. I, I think he's a very valuable tool to the, to the club. Um, obviously everybody's a fan favorite. I mean, you know, you don't want to get rid of anybody, but um, if I was going to get rid of somebody, I mean, obviously my choice would probably be Brian. Um, but it, it's hard. I mean, I, I don't know, like if it's going to be like a retool or there's just going to be just kind of like a temporary, like, all right, well, we're going to have to get rid of some people and try to get some sort of like, I don't know, trade bait or try to get some sort of um, prospects out of this. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a, it's a tough call because you still have, you still have a couple of good years with a lot of these players, even whoever you're going to, you know, you're going to keep. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a tough situation right now on the North side. I, I don't know how to like, you know, uh, what to think about this, but definitely, it's definitely a tough situation that they're in. Well, you know, you got, you got Scott Boris, you know, as Chris Bryant's agent, you know, so he's always going to go max out the deal. I, I don't think that uh, yeah, people but, are going to be overpaying for Chris Bryant. Right, exactly. I don't think like if 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 Boris, I I don't know, understand like why like Boris, because I think the Cubs at one point paid him like was gonna pay him like a pretty damn good deal, and then I, I think he got hurt. So I mean, obviously that's not his fault, but um, he's not gonna make two hundred million. Uh, he's not gonna get no, that. No, not even close. He, he maybe he maybe get maybe and get one seventy five. Possibly. I mean, I mean, you have, I, you have some team want to take a flyer. He might get a, he might get a five or six for one seventy five. But sure, I mean, he's still a valuable player. I, I just don't think he's that MVP caliber person. That yeah, he was he's not the same. He's not that MVP player anymore. Um, the other thing, I, I mean, because because they got Rizzo, they got Darvish. If you got Javi, you could win with those players. It's just a matter of trying to get. It's more not rebuilding, but retooling, like I said. And uh, the other name I would throw out there, and I know he's a he's a fan favorite, but Schwarber is someone that you'd probably be able to get something in return if you get rid of him. 
Yeah. I've said this. I've said this to a long time. Because he's a he's a DH player. Well, keep in mind the the DH might be coming to National League this year. It might be a full time thing for the NL going forward. Yeah, I mean they're still pondering it, but yeah, I mean that 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 was somebody that I like after the World Series. I mean they should have probably like tried to, you know traded him to, to get some sort of prospect coming out of him. I, I agree. I, I think Schrober should have, would have been good trade bait at that time. Um, but obviously, you know, fan favorite, you know, somebody who, I mean, the Cubs had a, I mean, the Cubs had a very good run. I mean, they went to four straight NLCS teams. I mean, I'm sorry, championship games, um, one world series. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I said Schwarber a long time ago. I don't, but I mean, that's a Cubs organization. They want to keep him. Who's a fan favorite? I mean, I wouldn't want to let him go at that time. Is there is there anybody in the Cubs roster right now that you'd like to see on the Sox? I mean, obviously, I, I don't think we have the Sox really have necessary room for Javi Baez unless you're getting rid of Madrid Mag- all. But uh, is there anyone maybe, else? Maybe okay, you, so Darvish, you guys, or Jason yeah, Hayward? That's exactly who I was thinking. The first person would be Darvish. But what would they want? You know. They would want, you mean, you'd have to trade Andrew Vaughn at so. least, you know, and Dane Dunning too, probably for throwing and Dunning. And my guess is they would want like a starter from our team now, along with prospects. Yes, not, and I'm not talking about starting pitcher, but somebody on the right. Let's, I mean. Are we gonna are are we talking about trying to trade for Darvish? Or are you just asking for anything? I'm just saying if there's any particular you know player on the Cubs that would, you would want to see on the Sox that puts them over the top for 2021. I I, I probably would say Baez just because Darvish is such a you don't know like a year to year basis what he's gonna give you. So I would probably say Baez for sure. So you put okay. So we so we get we're cutting we're cutting on Nikki Sticks. Nikki two strikes for for Javi buys and I I, t- I take that. That's still that's an upgrade. Yeah, I, I take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna want to like you're in Winnipeg now, you want that World Series. This guy's gonna motivate this team even more. He's been there as as you know, like I like I mentioned before, four straight NLCSs. He's won a World Series. He's he has that pop that. He he's he would be a complimentary to Anderson because Anderson has that swag, and so yep. so does. Um, you don't like as far as like Darvish, you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Like he had a great season, um, one of the top uh, candidates for the Cy Young, uh, for the NL. It's just that I you know I I always loved Baez. He just had that he has that heart, he has that dedication, he has that just everything like a. a, a all the tools that you would want as far as a player in, in major league baseball. So what would the Sox have to give up for us to trade Tony LaRussa for, <laughs> for David Ross straight up? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I think there would probably cost a, a good, at least top four prospects to, to pull that one off. I don't think the Cubs want anything to do uh, with them. I, yeah. It would be a keg of old Sox. Yeah. A keg of old <laughs> Cause, uh, because David Ross, he had a good season last season. I, yeah, I like I like the way he managed that Cubs team. Well, I just think too is that you know he just had, um, you know, even going back to like when he was a player, he just had that, um, 
he was always really uh, had that good um, communication with the players. He just had a good relationship with everybody. And he was, I mean, catchers are usually, um, like I said before in previous podcasts, catchers always have um, a good, um, like uh, Sosha. Sosha's an, a, a former catcher as well, too. Uh, they always become good ca- uh, um, coaches. Yeah, the chemistry. They're glue guys. They're glue guys yes. in the clubhouse. Right. Yeah. So I think Ross, like Rossi, like he was like, at first I thought, you know, you know, I was, it was questionable, but I mean, look what he did with the team. So, yeah. And so, and, and shifting to the Sox now, you know, obviously the big news coming out of the weekend was MVP to Jose Abreu capturing his first AL MVP award. And one of the very few to win both rookie of the year and MVP Let's hope that the next award he gets is uh, MVP for the World Series. Yeah, World Series MVP would be nice. Add that to the mantle. I, I think and, at this point, you know, for for Pito, where he's going to be getting that statue one day in the concourse, in number yeah. seventy nine, number seventy nine on the rafters. It was so cool to, speak. to watch. I got home early and I turned on the uh, award ceremony and it was right before they announced it he got so emotional you'd know it meant a lot to him um i don't know if you guys saw it but he was yeah he was pretty choked up for a little bit he started hitting his head and stuff he started wilding out for a little bit started scaring me but it was cool to see yeah that that, that's good happy for him you know that i i I have to admit i was i was skeptical about bringing him back at at a three-year deal um, this season, but you know, I'll, I'll eat crow on that one. He has been nothing but amazing, and I can't wait to see next year when he actually, when Andrew Vaughn gets called up and he's surrounded by Vaughn, Eloy, Luba, you know, and Mankata. Like those guys are just going to all protect each other, and there's there's not going to be any weaknesses at one through six in that lineup. And I gl- I'm glad that you mentioned that, Jason, because y- you were saying that you were very skeptical about giving him the three-year deal. A lot of people were like that. A lot of them were just like, just saying like, you know, I, I don't know why you're going to give him like that long-term or like, I wouldn't say long-term, but it, you know, the three-year deal uh, when he's getting a little bit older, this guy was the glue from the get-go when this guy, when they got, when they got him in the Sox organization, he's been nothing but like a Paul Canerco type of figure for this organization. He is. He's the now, leader. Like, people look he at is. him as like, kind of like their leader. Like the, he should be, he should be, should be should be like honestly he should be the captain they should i know we, they don't usually don't do this as far as like baseball like i know this is more like a yankee type of deal or ordeal but yeah. you know paul canerco was I, I believe was our last captain they should be because he is the true leader in that clubhouse and you know just you know, just bringing up this whole Larusa thing. You know, ha- you know, having him go and talk to like, you know, Pujols and just, you know, he as the leader, he is telling everybody else, we gotta give this guy a chance. We gotta give this. Like, I want to listen to what he has to say. Obviously, I've heard from other people as well too that, you know, what he can bring to the table. This guy wants to win. Obviously, he he put his heart and soul into becoming what he he became this year as far as an MVP. And, you know, hopefully the organization, the players, and obviously they will listen and, and, you know, especially the younger players, you know, 
as being an MVP that, um, you know, just he's going to lead by example. You know, they're going to obviously going to, you know, a lot of people are not going to give Larusa a chance depending on what's going to still go on with this whole thing. But, you know, he, he said it out himself that, you know, Hey, like, uh, I'm going to listen to what he says. I'm going to give this, you know, this guy a chance, you know, because, you know, he's, you know, he's proven winner. I've, I've heard from other people as well too, especially like from like, you know, former MVPs like Pujols that, you know, let's give this guy a shot. I know you guys have different, you know, preferences of, of, of La Russa, but you know, it, you got to listen to what this guy, you know, has to say. Well, I want to, I want to uh, so, get to the La Russa like stuff said, I mean, uh, in, a, in a minute here. Cause there was some <laughs> news that came out today about that, but I want to get real quick to the other, you know, good news for the white Sox over the weekend. And that was breaking news by um, fellow barstool Chicago. I shouldn't say fellow, but by barstool sports, uh, Dave Williams, White Sox Dave, broke the news that Ethan uh, Katz is the new pitching coach for the Sox. And if you guys don't know who that is, he is the guy who fixed Giolito, his high school pitching coach. And he is very, very highly regarded in around league circles as a top pitching coach. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a positive move, right? I mean, Giolito swears by him. And it seemed to be that, like, from everything I read, everybody um, was raving about him. So, positive. I mean, that's one one positive move in a series of negative moves for the last couple of uh, weeks, at least. So, yeah, I'm pumped about it. It's, I mean, it's good for – it's going to be at least – if anything, it'll be good for Geo. So. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it helps definitely helps some of the young guys like with Dane and – you know, I don't. I don't think Lopez and you know Rodon are necessarily going to be back. I'd, I'd be very, very shocked. But I think, you know, in the terms of you know Kopech and and Dunning and you know with uh, the uh, Garrett Crochet, you know that he's going to definitely make headway with with them. And uh, now, now we just got to get you know a hitting coach and third base coach and bench coach. Like let's let's keep it going. Like I, I you know, don't want to keep on. You know, wasting time on this. We gotta get some good guys in the in the clubhouse. So, uh, and then with and then going on with the bad news, obviously, you know, news came out today. You know that um, out of Maryland draft, but now they are going to be, you know, retried in a different county. So, you know, he, I don't know, Jer- Uncle Jerry made a donation to uh, the city or you know county of Maricopa, whatever. But uh, looks like Larusa's at least got some some decent news, but uh, might still get charged with the DUI and you know just more negative feedback or negative press for the Sox as they continue to play the wait and see approach with TLR. Yeah, I mean, and that's the problem is that they 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 released that statement that like, you know, obviously like they basically saying like innocent until proven guilty, but from all accounts is, you know, he's going to get charged with the DUI. So at least fucking shame walk him or wave the finger and say, tisk tisk do something, but they're standing by their guy. And like we said for the last four weeks is that they were loyal to a fault, but, it's more the same. The more the more these stories come out, the more news that comes out from uh, from the DUI. I mean, it just makes us look bad. So I'm just ready for well, all of it to be over. If they're gonna 
they're gonna try them. They're gonna try them if they. I mean, whatever, whatever the news is. It's um, so. Well, speaking kind of, of looking bad, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter today, but you know, like I, I've mentioned it before, you know, resident Chicago douchebag Mark, Mike North had one of another bad take on the Tony Larusa stuff today, and he was in, in a reply to a tweet about uh, his trial being trans or his um, charges being transferred. And he said at the end of his tweet, I remember back in my day when point oh nine five was wasn't a DUI, as he's trying to justify that any type of over the limit is is justifiable. I mean it's crusty, Dude, there's, crusty there's old ass fucking fucks that just they don't they don't yeah. get it. And that's the problem with like there's a bunch of these old school, old Chicago media types and Mike North's at the head of them. Jay Mariotti was there for a while. He's in LA now, but he's still a scumbag. There's a bunch of these guys that uh, they just need to move on with their lives because Mike North, for all accounts, I don't understand how he still no. has a platform. That guy. I mean, you get you get sucks. fight what fired two or three times for making stupid comments and being offensive and shit. Like, I mean, I don't I don't yeah. care what it was in it's, 1960. It's you know, yeah, and. They're cut from the same cloth. It's Mike North. It's uh, Dan McNeil for a while was there on ESPN. He was the same way. It's all these old, crusty that don't move forward. They don't get with the times. And they and the problem with those guys is they always think it's yep. their way or the highway. There's no there's oh no, he's there's he's no he's first to block you as soon as you say anything bad about him. Yeah. Mariotti the same way. I think I tweeted Mariotti one time. I've been blocked ever since. I'm like, this fucking. Well, the, the thing about the thing about Mike North that that comment that pissed me off is, you know, when Larusa got this, he's 75, 76 years old. A point oh nine five might not mean anything to us, you know, healthy livers and drinking a beer and stuff. But for a 75, 76 year old man, point oh nine five is probably, you know, pretty being pretty fucking drunk. So you shouldn't be doing any type of drinking and driving when you're that age. That, and you shouldn't be justifying it. That's the problem is Mike North trying to somehow spin it to where it's like, that's not that bad. It's like, yeah. Shut up, Mike North. Yeah. I mean, I vote. I mean, you, you guys know I've, I've been, you know, still on board with this whole Tony La Russa thing. But I mean, the Sox do need to do the right thing. I mean, you, you can't just, I mean, I know obviously they're just waiting until like, you know, until proven guilty portion of it. But I mean, I mean, they're going to have to come yeah, out of this. I, and that's the problem is the White you know, Sox haven't done anything. You know, I mean, there's they've no only been, this. they've stuck What's by a, their guy. You know, I'm saying like, said, like, like, hey, we don't condone it. Or he made a bad judgment call and. And we're gonna have to wait for the 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 news to play out or whatever. But they're just yeah, yeah, right. Something if there's something that you know exactly if there was something you know they're saying that you know hey like you know obviously we just want to wait until everything comes out. But at this time, you know, obviously, you know, you know, whatever they need to do. I'm not a PR you know person of this, but they needed to say something. Cause it's, it, it's, it's just looking like a laughing stock, you know, now, obviously, I, I mean, you know how I talked about in the last podcast that I thought, you know, you know, and I don't know if this is still going to be in effect, but how like free agents might look at, you know, the organization, you know, how Trevor Barr came out with that video, um, 
probably like a couple of days after when the stuff, when this report came out and, you know, he was really kind of like, you know, it's, it's not going to like, you know, it's, it, you know, whatever decision he makes, it's not going to be based upon what he does as far as his, his personal life is going to be based upon his managerial experience and all that. So, um, but still, yeah, I mean, the organization does need to come out and, and, you know, does need to come out as far as saying like, we don't condone this, you know, it's regardless of like, they're still waiting for this. They, they just only made one statement on this whole thing. So, yeah, I, I see it, it's a, it's, it's a big issue right now. Um, and like I said, I still stand by as a managerial position as far as Tony La Russa. I think he will, you know, do well with this team. Um, but as far as what, what he's doing in his personal life, like I hope this is, has nothing to do with as far as like a bigger issue with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something where it's just like, now if it's something that's going to really affect him as far as like moving forward and he does have a problem, then yeah, this is going to be a bigger issue. But hopefully out of this whole thing, like, you know, the, the organization does fix this. The organization does come out, make a statement, like personally come out and actually, instead of like saying something on Twitter or putting something out there just exactly they have to talk in front of the whole organization as, as far as our Sox fans they want to hear this they want to hear we don't condone this we want this to, to work out but we know what happened they made a fault they made a mistake and, and you know obviously we're still going to think about this as going into spring training as well too just how did they approach it? I don't know. I'm not part of the PRs, you know, um, yes. for, for the Sox. But well, it's just like wrapping up. Uh, last topic it. I want to talk about with That's you guys. Problem, last you podcast, know. you know, Peter, you had your uh, master's pick. So tell the world, uh, how'd you do on them? Well, I didn't make any money <laughs> off of them, if that's what you're asking. But it did make for an interesting weekend. Um, so Thursday or, or Wednesday, when our podcast dropped, I, I gave out a couple picks. Bryson was a bust. He, that guy couldn't find a fairway to save his life. Cantley and 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 Shoffley for the first day, they were top four in the lead in the leaderboard. So I'm like, okay, this is a good start. Um, Tiger was in it for a little while, dropped off. But my dark horse of all people, my it was he was plus. 10,000, I believe, Abe Answer, the Mexican, to win. He made a run at it. He made a really good run at it for the first three days of the tournament. And that's all basically what you want. You're never going to win big money consistently betting golf. But what you want to do is put some money here and there to make the tournament interesting and watchable. And obviously, the Masters is watchable regardless. But it just makes it a little bit more fun. And the fact that he was in it for a while, he fell off early on the first round on Sunday. But by that point, you know, Dustin had it basic wrapped up. It just made for a fun tournament. I was happy. Um, I'll probably try to give out more picks. This week's kind of a shitty tournament, so I won't do it. But for, for, the, for the going forward, um, I'm going to try to give out some picks just to make golf a little bit more watchable for the casual viewing fans. Now that... Now that sports betting is legal and yes, so. good to know. Oh yeah, so my a, wife I, tweeted out I, the question. Uh, were, were she, you actually she Snapchatted me after? when uh, Dustin was getting the 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 green jacket, and I don't know, man. I've been I, I've been telling everyone ever since I got I had a child. It softened me up <laughs> to where now I'm just a. Uh, marshmallow of a human um so when he started choking up about his brother his, his brother if for people that don't know his brother is his caddy and they've been together um 
as as golfer and caddy for seven years, I believe. So it was a really emotional win for them. It was his first green jacket. So he started crying. And then, yeah, I got emotional. I, I teared up a little bit, but I feel like I get teared up pretty easily nowadays. It's not, I'm not my old, cold, withered self that I, <laughs> I used to be. I don't think, I don't think, you know what? I don't think that I saw that speech as well, too. I mean, I'm not a big avid, uh, you know, watching golf and all that, but it was a good story. You know, I mean, it, it, it was just a really good story when he was, you know, when he was pouring his heart out and, you know, somebody yeah. like that who, who's worked really hard, especially when yeah. you're working really and, hard and, with your brother. And on, I'll, on I'll that, carry it over. It's part. not even just golf. It's just a good feeling story. Somebody so, I mean, works, like, you know, it could be a boxer. It could be an MMA fighter. It, it, could, it could be a team sport thing. But when somebody works for a long time and, you know, like the general public know, like, man, they deserve to win one, you know, like that. If it, it, it kind of gets to you, it, it kind of, especially being an avid sports fan, when you know somebody deserves it, it's like, yeah, they, they earned it. So it was cool. And it was, cool it was definitely weird watching the Masters in November in the middle of Sunday with Red Zone and, and you know, games of the week going. It was definitely uh, definitely a weird moment. So I, I hopefully the Masters gets uh, back its regular schedule time slot yeah. next year. It'll be next next. Next April, they'll they'll be they'll they should be off and running. The one thing I will say though, I was off on Saturday, so between Saturday and Sunday, my ass did not leave <laughs> that couch for probably sixteen hours a day. It was unbelievable sports weekend for 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 your boy. Bologna. That's 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 awesome. And wrapping up, uh, did you guys uh get on the PlayStation Five watch you? Right. Your refresh feeds for Target, Walmart, Best Buy. So, I mean, as many are you two know, I've been waiting for for this for a while. I don't have a PS4. I haven't had a new console since the PS3. So, I'm I'm ready to get this going, but there's no way I'm gonna be fighting in line for one or even trying to refresh for one. Um, so I will get a PS5. My guess is it'll be after Christmas, after the new year, once the, once the, uh, hype kind of dies down. I'm with you on that. You know, I, I definitely want to get one in the future. I might have to wait until the first bugs get kinked out of the system, but, uh, you know, I got a, I got a trip coming up to Denver next, next month that may or may not get canceled at this point. So, waiting to see what happens with that, but I'm definitely on you. I think uh, we need to get the band back together for some good old-fashioned zombie killing. Yeah, imagine our old asses on Twitch. Oh, man. We're going to start Chicago Chicago Sports from Twitch yeah. and, and Nazi zombies. Like, we get, we get, like, double-digit kills, and we would think that's a great, that's a great night, right? <laughs> like All it. right, well, everyone, for thanks for listening. We'll be back Wednesday for a post-Bulls draft. Yeah. Uh, analysis. Bulls got the number four overall pick on Wednesday, so after the top three, we don't really know who we're going to take. It's going to be a crapshoot, and then uh, our boy Johnny is going to give us some uh, insight and predictions for um, college basketball season coming up, and uh, we'll cover any other uh, news that happens between now and uh, Wednesday night. So I want to thank everyone for listening. want to thank again my esteemed colleagues, Peter and Johnny, for giving us their insight analysis, and hopefully 
you know, do a shot of uh, maybe some Malort before bed to knock you out and numb the pain after this Bears loss. But, hey, desperate times call for desperate measures, my friend. So, thanks, Reverend, for listening, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Later.